discussing the commodities markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Commodity Watch Radio with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Commodity Watch Radio, which is hosted in association with Mindsight.com. I'm Dominic Frisby and it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Larry Pesavento. A former member of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, Larry's been a trader for over 45 years. His unique methods, which involve chart pattern recognition and planetary cycles, have enabled him to make some amazing market calls. He's the author of 10 books on trading, the most recent of which is called Trade What You See, How to Profit from Pattern Recognition, and it's published by Wiley Trading. Larry, you've described the 18th of May, tomorrow, as a triple combust. Um, what does that mean, and what can we expect? Well, actually, Dominic... Uh, Dominic, it is a uh, a single combust. It's not triple. Oh, okay. So it it should have a little bit less of a. Uh, I, I should explain this because as we're going through, you'll see a couple of charts and you'll see a few that are triple combust, and you'll see how they how they connect together. But this is setting out by itself, and it's usually just a short term uh, change of trend. In other words, we've been coming down for five or six days in the market, so it wouldn't be unusual for us to get a counter trend rally from here or. Uh, even more important is that we could accelerate from that point. So if we have a really big down day tomorrow in the U.S. stock market, like down more than 250 points, then it would be an acceleration type day. So these are the two things you have to expect on Combest, especially when there's only, you know, Venus conjunct uh, Mercury by itself, that uh, it'll either be a quick change in trend or it'll be an acceleration. Okay. So um, what exactly is a Combust? Okay, Combust... Um, and here's, uh, Dominic, where you might put up the slide that uh, we were talking about a little while ago, and that is it shows combust over the last three or four that we've had. And as you can see, it's very, very accurate as far as p picking the exact points of where the market's going to turn. However, people have to realize that is it a short-term indicator. Combust was a astrological phenomenon found by a man named T.G. Butani, B-U-T-N-E-Y, he was an Indian astrologer back in the uh, 1950s, and he wrote about how combust affects uh, the stock market. What I did was I went back and took what he had um, des described, and I went back and you know physically looked at these aspects and proved that, in fact, yes, they in fact do have a, a very high degree uh, of accuracy. Now, the accuracy depends upon if there are any other astrological events occurring around that time, like on... One of the dates we're going to look on one of these slides is March the 6th. And on March the 6th, we had like eight different things occurring at that time, one of which happened to be, you know, a combination of combust. But the others were so more important that combust was not actually as important as some of the other dates that, or the other aspects that were there. Okay. So which is this first chart that we're looking at? Is that um, all, list, all listed stocks on the NYSE? Is that yes. Okay. Yes, that's, that's all the listed stocks on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, and, now, uh, ladies and gents, listeners, what I'll do is I'll put these charts up as a PDF file, which you can download so that you can look at the charts as you listen to this. And I'll put, also put them up on uh, GEI. On, I'll start a thread on GEI, and you can look at the charts there as well. Yes. Okay. And, 
and what you're doing when you when you watch this uh, chart is that you're seeing that many of the ratios that we talk about uh, in the market are coming due, uh, you know, around 11th of um, April. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, the 11th of uh, of May. Okay. And as you can see, you know, we came down from that. Now I believe that we're being pulled down into this. Uh, low in Combus, which is going to be on the 18th, so I would expect a lower low most probably uh, coming in on Monday. But like I say, if we accelerate, you know, we're probably going to um, still have the low, but it could come from a lower level. So we'll just have to wait and see how the market handles it. This is not an easy one, Dominic. This is, you know, the ones, the ones back in January and, and the other dates were much easier than this one. Uh, this one, you're, you're coming down. The question is, is whether you make a bottom, which I think we're going to make a bottom on Monday, and then have a you know a nice two or three or four day rally, and then you know continue to go down lower. Okay. And so, do you have a position going into Monday? Yes. I well, I've been short since uh, the eleventh. We went short on that uh, the morning, or actually the, the we went Sunday night, the tenth. But uh, May the eleventh is where we were forecasting our, our our point to come in, and if and when we go through some of these other slides like the VIX and the NASDAQ, you'll see that the numbers were so highly suggestive of a top that it was a very low risk, uh, very low risk trade. So that's what we're what we're looking at. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about a three or four day move here, looking at a kind of, sure. say, yeah. a three or four yeah. monthly picture. What, what, what's your outlook oh. or is that too big for you? No, no, three or four months is not too bad because, you know, most people won't remember what I said anyway. But, you know, tomorrow <laughs> they'll remember. <laughs> no, but, I'm, you know, I'm a trader, so I have to be prepared, you know, to, you know, what my risk is going to be. So I know that, you know, if we're down tomorrow, uh, I'm looking someplace to be covering my short position and then putting it back on a, on a higher level. Now, all I'm going to do is to go to shorter time frames to find where my price objectives are and then try to line up what I think is going to be the place where I should do my covering, and then we'll, we'll go from that point. But for the, for the next few months, I believe that we're going to be backing off a little bit into this uh, early May period. And I realize we were up nine weeks in a row from our March 6th low that we, we, you know, we had that pretty well pegged. You know, that was a real major point. We had six big things happening on March the 6th. All the patterns were completed. The Bradley model was turning up. We had many things telling us that uh you know it was making a uh you know pretty good bottom so if you will uh just when we look at one of these other charts you'll see that the march 6 was pretty good but now we're, we're at a point now where we're expecting a correction to come down and my guess is the the correction will come down about oh six or seven hundred more points in the dow jones and maybe a hundred points in the s p down to the 790 level and then we'll uh we'll be able to uh you know, look to see if it's going to have another rally. I, I know you're not a fan of moving averages, but there are a lot of moving <laughs> averages that are that are just sitting around about the 800 level, the 55-day yeah. and the 76-day moving average, which, which both yeah. do work quite well. So that might be an obvious place to find some support. Uh, well, well, when we get there, those those averages will change because you know the the numbers will be different. But we'll actually, we'll be we'll be looking to see where the Fibonacci retracement numbers are of those because that's more of the natural part of what I think the market does. And if it lines up with some of more of our aspects that we're going to be have, we have some really big aspects coming in July. I mean, we've got uh, you know mother god and country type aspects, almost like the one in March 6th. But March 6th was a rare event that doesn't happen too often. But 
the ones in July are quite big, and that'll be fun to watch. I, I remember you saying back in March, I, I listened to your interviews with Tom O'Brien, and I remember you saying that uh, this rally to the was going to surprise everyone to the upside, and I think it already has, but a lot of people still believe it's just a bear market rally. And uh, Well, even if it has, it's been the largest rally since 1938. I mean, you're going back 70 years, and so... It has been a good rally, and you know, bear markets are there to confuse as many people, just like bull markets are, and that's why pattern recognition is, you know, so helpful because the patterns can be used on longer term and shorter term. And what we try to do is to put the entry as near as we can. I'm going to show a couple of these uh, later on when we're going to talk about gold and um, the the U.S. dollar, and we'll, we'll have a pretty good idea of you know how we want to enter some of these things. I mean, absolutely. But back in March, you were talking about a rally all the way to July. I mean, obviously not straight sure. up to July. I mean, you still think? Oh, no. You still yeah, think I that's still on think, the cards? I still think we could we could still have a, a rally uh, uh, up into July. The only thing that would negate that is if we take out the March six low. If we take out the March six low, uh, the July will most probably be a low instead of a high. But right now. It appears that, you know, uh, short-term trend, uh, you know, we've made higher highs, we've made lower, uh, higher lows, and so we're, we're in a short-term trend. So the next time we get a nice pullback, we were up, we were up eight, eight weeks. So I, if we had eight weeks and then three-week pullback, that would be a normal pullback because both of those are Fibonacci numbers, eight and three. It could be a five-week pullback. We don't know. So you want to see when you get to the three weeks is where you are. You know, if you're setting it exactly a 618 after three weeks, then it's telling you that you have a you know really good chance of rallying. But, you know, at, after three weeks, you might only be at a 382 rally from the March, you know, to May highs. And that, that's what you try to do is to match these ratios with the patterns and give you your entry point of what you're looking at. I was talking to uh, your friend, the astrological trader Arch Crawford, yesterday, and I'm sure you'll be delighted to know he, he's looking for a high sometime in the summer as well and another opportunity to get short then. Yes, Arch is my neighbor here. We, we, see, we see each other a lot. He's a good fellow. I, I, nice fellow. Even outside of the market, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> I was saying to him, I reckon I'd love to see your street, and uh, I imagine it's got uh, gold, um, gold lions on the gates or something like that. But he... uh, actually, platinum. <laughs> platinum lions. We, we, we upgraded the platinum lions uh, you know, last week. You know, of course, the, the servants take care of polishing them and everything, Dominic, so it's really not a problem to keep them nice and shiny. Well, he, he made me laugh. He told me he sold his house and he rents. So he got uh, that yes, one right yes. as well. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did that. He's uh, well. We both did pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so we're, uh, you know, I do have a little bit of property, but not much. Okay, good stuff. So, have you finished with the um, the chart of the New York Stock Exchange? Do you want? Do you want to look yeah, at another let's, one? Let's go on. Let's go take a look at the one with the Dow Jones and the Bradley model, and we can talk a little bit about that March sixth date. That would be a okay. interesting one to watch. All right. Okay. As you can see, uh, when we bottomed on that March 6th, it was a 1.618 expansion from the low we had in November, which was a combust. Remember the, the one from November 27th? Actually, 26th was the actual combust date. The market bottomed, I believe, on the 25th, one day ahead of time, and then it had a pretty good rally. But the expansion of that next swing down brought it into the March 6th, and that's where all those big astrological things were occurring and you had all your patterns completing, and, and people that look at that chart can see the three-drive pattern that we had from October 
November into March, and all those are 1.27 or 1.618 expansions of the previous swing. What's important here, Dominic, is the rally that we just finished was an exact uh, 7.86 retracement of the December high, plus it was a 6.18 retracement of the October high. So those are two very important points. Once we get above that, then we have a chance to, to go higher. The question is, how much of a correction are we going to get before we go above that? That's what we have to determine. Okay. Now, just quickly tell us, what is the Bradley model? Okay, the Bradley stock market model is a purely astrological model that was built by a man named Donald Bradley back in 1946. He wrote a book called The Stock Market Prediction that he sold for $4. It was a very obscure book. No one ever looked at the book. Um, I was shown the book in 1986 by my mentor, Dr. Ruth Miller, who showed me that the Bradley model could predict what the market's going to do in advance. And if you took some of these Fibonacci ratios and numbers of sacred geometry and plotted it with it, you'd be able to um, you know, find out where you are as far as where the pattern should be along with the price. And that's what we're trying to do is line up price and time together. Absolutely. So, I mean, looking at that Bradley model, that would, uh, it would suggest to me that we'll see a turn in, in late May and, and, and the markets will, will move back up. And then the, the big turn seems to be around about uh, Labor Day you know, early September? Well, I, 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 all I'm looking at is that second week in July. That, that's, I don't care about November or uh, September, but the second week in July is a really big one. That's, uh, okay. that's really big. But what happens now is very important because if we weaken really badly this week, if we have a really bad week in the stock market, uh, we could very easily take out those lows in the uh, uh, market that we made in March, and then that would make a even a more significant low. We're in a major bear market. I don't think that's changed. It's just a question of, you know, when we're going to take the next leg down. And it'll be um, a death by a thousand cuts. Everybody will think it's the bottom, and it'll go down and then go up and then go down and then go up and go lower each time it goes with false hope all the way. That's what happens to bear markets most of the time. So how will we know if, if we've got a major down down leg coming or if this is just a temporary correction well i think what will happen is in the next uh, between now and the next two weeks you're going to see either the market break down really badly and get below the uh you know 750 level in the s&p uh or it's going to hold here and then and continue to rally up but these next two weeks are, are very very critical the actual the 18th date, which is Monday, is really not that nearly important as any of these other dates. This is just a very short-term phenomenon that should not affect the markets by very much at all. Okay, Larry, let's turn to the NASDAQ next, because I, I understand uh, this, this chart tells a, a whole story. It really does, because what, what you're seeing here is the NASDAQ has been the leader in the U.S. stock market ever since uh, you know last November. If, you'll, if your subscribers will notice that on the bottom that we made in March, that it did not make a lower low. Much, you know, we had a tremendously lower low in the Dow Jones and in the, the uh, S&P 500. They were making the three drive to a bottom pattern, but the NASDAQ was not even able to go down and match the bottom from the, the November uh, 25th or 26th. Absolutely, that, that's very interesting. That's the same with, uh, with, the, um, with the Huey, the gold stocks did the same thing. Sure. Yeah, this, this is a big divergence. But what happened here on March the 11th, which is a pretty big astro date, is that you had these 1.618 expansions from two major swings that occurred. 
And then you also had a 61% retracement from the October, um, uh, the act, actually the October high after the big crash was came in at exactly 61%. And they all three of those ratios, you know, happened on you know March, uh, excuse me, on May the 11th. And so that tells me that's a pretty significant high. That's why I'm believing that we're going to get a correction of about at least down to 1170 you know, which is, you know, about 2,000 points from, uh, you know, where we are now in the NASDAQ. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But that that's a very, very strong completed pattern. That's why if we get, you know, stronger above that high, uh, you know, going above, uh, you know, 940 in the S&P and above 8,600 in the Dow and 14,050, in the NASDAQ, then you're probably going to, you know, continue up into July. But until that, the market has a, you know, a top end, and we should have a correction, you know, of some pretty good magnitude, I would think. Well, what's a good way? What's the ETF, the the um, the twofer or the or the triple ETF that you can short the NASDAQ? What's the ticket? Oh, on the NASDAQ, you know, there's several. There's the QQQ, which is the which is the normal uh, yeah. one, and you have the QID, which I believe is uh, I'm not even sure how much it is. It's uh, those are the ultra. Those the QQQ are the um, the ultra long uh, and the ultra short. Ultra long, ultra short, and the other one is the, Q, the QID, which is the um, the ultra short. Okay. Yeah, it's Q, the QQ um, the QID is the ultra short of this particular uh, vehicle, which is pretty good. Now, I don't recommend the ultra shorts for most of your subscribers because. <clears throat> they don't really understand the risk management that you need to be a trader. You know, they basically are, you know, they're they're really thinking about how much money they can make instead of how much money they can lose, lose, and that's the wrong thing to be doing. Yeah, I think a few people took a bit of a hit last week. I know I did because even though um, we were, you know, we were on the right side of the market, the the options expiry hit took a few people out last week. I think. Sure. Yeah, that that was uh, that happens you know, more often than not because you you don't want to be concerned about how much money you're going to make. You want to be concerned on how much money you could lose, and that's the real secret to being a good trader is to focus on how much money, you know, you have at risk. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that Nasdaq. Uh, I mean, that that looks like a lovely setup to me, and uh, it's a it's a great chart. And I I'm amazed. I don't know what software program you use, but it's. Uh, that's uh, that's Ensign Software, E-N-S-I-G-N uh, Software, Ensign Software, and they give people a little trial if they want to look at it, and it uh, uses several different data feeds. But all of these charts that are in here are part of the things that are built on the uh, patterns that I use. These are the the Pesavento patterns, the formation tool, the Fibonacci retracement tool, and the Gartley and Butterfly patterns are all built into this program because the Ensign people are a real strong believer in pattern recognition, and they they actually built the specifications for me for uh, for my trading, and then they put it into this program. And there's so many people using it. Uh, oh, really? I mean, so you can of, actually you can have Pesavento's patterns, can you? Oh, sure. That's what all those little lines are on there. That's those are all the Pesavento patterns. All those little lines—that's what they are. So it's just a, a matter of drawing, you know, clicking Nasdaq or S&P, yeah. and then clicking on Pesavento's patterns. Yeah, and it does them automatically for you. Yeah. Oh, great! And if you want the exact lows and highs of when to buy and sell, that's extra. You have to call me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, Dominic. That's a joke. I think I got that. I think I'm bright enough okay. to get that one. Okay, good. <laughs> Why don't we uh, Why don't we move over to the uh, euro market? Okay. And take a look at that one. All righty. Oh my goodness. Okay. 
Now this is a this is a long term one, but as you can see, you know we're looking for uh, the euro to to potentially get up to this 141 level. Now the question is is whether it's going to do it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit longer term. All I wanted to do was to show the folks how these patterns lined up and hit these ratios so nicely because they're nearly exact. In other words, the the last uh, two highs that we made were exact 618s, and then the, this final one we had was exactly uh, 786 if we can get up here to this 140, 150 level. And where so, are we now? We're about 134, aren't we? Is that right? Well, 134. Remember, we lost a few hundred points at the end of the, the, end of the week last week. But mm -hmm. if, uh, if we switch over now and go to the, you know, the U.S. dollar index, because yep. that's a really beautiful chart, and we can get an idea that uh, we have a chance for a... Uh, really significant trade. This would be equivalent to the euro hitting the uh, 141 because this is the opposite. Yeah. See, the dollar would be going down, the euro would be going up. So if we were to get this dollar index down to about 80, 81 and change, uh, you have three major ratios coming there. You see you yeah. have a 127 and a 786 and, uh, you know, just a, an ABCD pattern. That would be a, a huge support point in the uh, U.S. dollar, so uh, that's a you know really nice way to uh, you know to take a look at that. Okay, yeah, that looks lined up beautifully. Now, if the if 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 the dollar goes down there, presumably that's bullish for gold. Uh, well, I don't really know because the, the the gold has not been following the currencies. It's been really you know it's it's cut cut itself loose from some of these currencies. You know, the euro goes down. You know, big on Friday and gold was up. That's that's highly uh, that's very atypical of what happens. Mm -hmm. But there's more buyers of gold than they are paper money because you know gold is more of a a, a haven for uh, you know poor economic or poor uh, uh, what do you call it? not poor economics but poor political decisions. Uh, absolutely, I I wrote an article about this because everyone yeah. says it's a hedge against inflation and it's oh, not because I, we had huge inflation in the 80s and 90s and gold went down. It's a hedge against government. That's exactly what it is. It's a hedge against government. People don't quite understand that, but that that's really what you want to be looking for uh, is able to do that. Now, if we can go to the gold chart, uh, I think we'll, we'll, this is a trade setup that I'm that I'm looking for. Uh, to to possibly happen, uh, you know, right now because if the folks will take a look at this, you'll see that we have a lot of these little triangles that are ending here at this uh, 934 level. Mm -hmm. If they'll look closely, they can see the AB equals CD pattern and re realize that we've been up for the past uh, the past uh, month pretty much, yeah. and uh, now we're coming into this uh, retracement levels that we look at. So between 930. And uh, that 9.52 level, I, I believe we're right at it now. I don't know if it's even going to make 9.52. It could do it this week. But it looks to me like we're ready to, to have a pretty good, uh, you know, leg down of between 30 and $80 in gold. So that's what we're, we're looking to try to find a, uh, an entry point in the short-term uh, level for gold by using this pattern. This way you don't have to risk more than 5 or $6 per ounce. And since we have these ETFs for gold, you know, it makes it nice to uh, be able to use those for your for your trading. Absolutely. Which which ETFs do you mean? Do you mean GLD or do you mean the the accelerators? GLD is good, and the accelerated ones are are pretty good also. Well, what are the tickers um, for those? Do you know? Uh, yes, I do. If you'll give me a second, I'm looking at those here. Uh, one of them you want to look at is the the DZZ. Yeah. And then also, that's the short one, and the long one is DGP, so you'd be wanting to look at the DZZ on this one. 
Yeah, hang on a sec, my phone's just gone off. Let me turn that off. Okay. I know Mike Hampton, who you had lunch with in Hong Kong when you were there. He's he's uh, yeah. he's a chartist. He has different um, technical indicators that he uses to you, but he's uh, put out a warning on his website saying he thinks gold's ready for turn for a turn, and he doesn't like the um, the volume on gold and silver. He thinks it's uh, this high is being made on very low volume. You know, I don't do too much work on volume, but I think that's important because that's the pressure that makes the market move. But I'm basically a price and time person, so I. I don't do a whole lot with the, uh, you know, with the... Uh, with the volume. Uh, Absolutely. With the, and the, the seasonal pattern of gold is, is for a bit of a correction here as well. Uh, okay. Seasonals are, very, seasonals are very important. I think people should really pay attention to those. That's no question about that. Okay. Um, okay, Larry, did you have any other comments you wanted to make on, on any of these charts? No, I think that's okay. What I'd like to do is maybe bring out one chart that uh, that we talked about uh, bringing up to show people some of the research that other people do that they should probably contact to understand how some of these markets really work because the markets work by vibration of time and price, and you don't really need to do astrology. And uh, yeah, this last chart that I'm showing comes from the Ermanometry that's uh, – uh, e r m a n o m e t r y ermanometry and they're out of Nashville, Tennessee. And what they do is they take these geometric patterns and they look at all the days in between, and they come up with these turning dates in the market and they uh, match them with their patterns. And they're very, very good. I mean, I, I really respect their work a great deal. And uh, those of you that are interested in market geometry, they probably should contact those folks because they're they're quite quite good. As a matter of fact, Dominic, you should have uh, have him on the air because he's, uh, I believe he's 75 now and he's not in the greatest of health and, you know, you really should find, you'd be, to me, you'd be like talking to W.D. Gann from the grave. This guy's really smart. <laughs> okay, well, I, I will do just that. Th thanks for the heads up. What, what's his name? Uh, John Ehrman, E-R-M-E-N, John Ehrman. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me ask you, Larry, do you make... Uh, most money trading currencies or trading indices or what 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 is your kind of most most successful area if you like oh, gosh you know dominic i i don't you know all i all i do is uh, i try to be consistent at what i do some some weeks it's stock indices some weeks it's the grain some weeks it's the gold and all i'm doing is doing the patterns one after another i actually have fun doing this and so i i i know the statistics on my trades i know that i'm i'm right about uh, 68% of the time usually and uh, I usually average about three to five trades a day at the most, and I make usually about a dollar and a half more than I lose. And uh, the main difference between you know what I do and what most of your folks do is that when I lose, I don't really care. I just go on to the next one. But most people that trade, they focus on oh, what did I do wrong? God doesn't love me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's just a trade. It's just a probability. You move on to the next one and do it. And once you do that. You know, then then you realize it's a game of probability, and you can move forward. And you can't focus on what happened in the past. You got to focus on the next trade. And, and, and do you leave your typically do you leave your trades open for a few days, or is it sometimes weeks no, and months? No, 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 no. Usually, I'm doing uh, I'm doing short term trades. I'm doing trades that last from a day or two to as long as two or three weeks. Uh, you know that type of a thing. You know, like I'm I'm in I'm short the market now from the 11th. I'd like to see that extend out. 
um, you know, to the uh, you know to the end of the month or maybe the, the middle of June if I possibly can. But you know, I'm I'm willing to trade around that position. You know, if I get a good buy signal, you know, I'm going to 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 buy it from for a short term swing up, even though I'm bearish. You know, longer term, I'm I'm willing to trade both sides of the market. Okay, and um, I know this is. What would you say was your best ever trade? And I'm going to ask you your worst ever trade as well. <laughs> My best ever trade. Um, I think it would have to be, uh, well, hands down, it has to be the trade of uh, 19, um, uh, January 1976. I was coming back from losing a million dollars where I didn't trade for 18 months. I'd, I'd, I'd taken 3000 up to a million two. I lost it all, and I owed the firm $2,200, and I uh, built up a little bit of a capital and I saw a huge Gartley pattern coming in soybeans in 1976 and I rode that up for about a year and a half made all the money back that was by, by far my probably my single best trade I've had some good ones in between but I was short during the 1987 crash and I was short during this last crash but that, that money wise that wasn't nearly as important to me as that move in 1976 because that move that, that was a I life never and death one no, it wasn't life or death, but it was life changing. Uh, you know, because I you know, I knew I was going to make it back. It was a question of when. I just got you know into the right move and you know wrote it the right way and did everything right. And what I did was I studied everything I did wrong and reversed it. You know, <laughs> instead of instead of average to losing position, I would add to winning positions. That made the biggest difference in the world. And I used stops as opposed to not using stops. You know, that type of thing. And um, and your worst ever trade presumably was the one that got you into that position in the first place. No, my worst ever trade was not a trade. It was a state of mind. It was on my birthday of July 28, 1984. Excuse me, 1974. I just turned uh, 43, and um, I was standing in the lobby or in the, the the parking lot of the Promenade in Beverly Hills, right off of Rodeo Drive and Wilshire. And I had a brand new car and a new car at home. I had a couple of homes. I had my kids' education paid for. I had a million dollars in my trading account. And I actually had tears in my eyes because I didn't think I was very successful. And, uh, you know, ten weeks later, I realized that, well, I had learned a great lesson. <laughs> okay. And, and so that was the one that was uh, that was actually good for me long term because it, it made me realize that I had to learn what I was doing wrong in order to know how to do it right, and that that's the the real difference. Most people, when they do something like that, they give up and never look back, but I knew I could do it, and uh, you know, it was just a matter of getting it done right. So, What's the line from the song, you don't know what you've got till it's gone? You got it. That's <laughs> correct. Okay, and, and a final question for you, Larry. I mean, you're obviously a, a very successful man, and you've had a very successful career in the markets, and, and uh, you trade the markets every day. Well, why have you suddenly um, taken on this media role and, and, you know, offering your services and these interviews <laughs> basically for nothing, you know? Uh, I've always done that, Dominic. Oh. <laughs> I've been doing this for years, but no people take, not many people take advantage of it. You know, they, they think I'm unapproachable or my stuff doesn't work or whatever. I don't do any advertisement. I haven't done, you know, any advertisement forever. And, uh... Well, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to you need to find a way of charting uh, a show business <laughs> career, and then you can work out when the when the booms and the busts are in in the show business. Well, I've been asked to do you know quite a few of the Tom Cruise movies as his double because we look so much alike. <laughs> and, uh, He's so asked me to do that as well. 
Yeah, I just don't like riding those motorcycles or jumping out of helicopters. That's just not my type. I can do the part with the cocktails in the lounge with the beautiful girls, but those motorcycles scare me. Yeah, <laughs> very good. All right, well, um, Larry, why don't you uh, plug your website and your book? And oh, well, any by the way, Larry has a newsletter that if anyone uh, is interested yeah, in signing great. up for, go to TFNN, yeah. which is uh, Tiger. Go to TFNN.com, and my book is there. Uh, Trade what you see. And I, I recommend people get that book. It's a very good book. It's one of the top uh, 20 books on Amazon for technical stuff for the stock market. Uh, I do a radio show three days a week that they can hear, you know, what I'm looking at in the markets there. And uh, those people that really have an interest and want to trade, that you know, want to talk to me, they could, you know, contact me by, you know, either emailing me at, you know, Larry at TradingTutor.com or calling me on my number, which is 520 529-0469. Well, thank you very much, Larry. Um, thank you, you, Dominic. I hope been, we talk again soon. You, I mean, you've been very generous with your time and you've given out your phone number. That, that you're, you're, a, you're a very generous man. So, Larry Pesavento, thank you very much. Okay, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye. Commodity Watch Radio is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee for Mindsight with music by Manolo Camp. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our bulletin board at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com.